Welcome to the sixth edition of Tomorrow, the Old Mutual Investment Group annual thought leadership publication on all things related to responsible investing and green growth. We've selected contributors from across the financial ecosystem, including asset owners, consultants, asset managers, economists, advocacy groups, and government representatives. The themes explored in this year's publication span issues such as long-term systemic risk, resilience, inclusive growth, green financing innovation, impact measurement, and stewardship. We know that no one single actor can solve for long-term system risks on their own, and so have created this thought leadership platform for industry discussion and knowledge sharing. Welcome to the conversation. Your participation is critical to our shared success. It's a great pleasure to welcome Monique Mateus-Kraft onto this conversation. Uh, Monique, thanks so much for your contribution. Really enjoyed it. Look forward to sort of discussing with you now your piece entitled Justice Not Justification. So it'd be useful just to get a high-level fly-through from you in terms of the piece itself. And then it'd be nice to hear you expand on your ideas around why social justice is such an important dimension of the green economy transition. Thank you so much, John, and it's been a delight to participate in your publication, especially I think it's so timeless, the title Tomorrow Overall, as we are all considering what our tomorrows look like. Having recently myself transitioned into a new country, um, having left South Africa, it's been interesting to witness how the world's perspective on justice and justification has erupted as uncertainty and turmoil has captured various sectors of our society, of economies, and certainly of um, the pension fund industry. What I was trying to capture in this article, understanding how we think about how we measure our impact on the planet can never be done in isolation of what that means on the people experiencing the benefit. And given the massive inequalities that we face today, still particularly in South Africa with the highest Gini coefficient in the world, is that we should just be really cautious about only focusing on one element without taking into account the offsets on the other side, balancing the scales. Yeah, I mean, the issues of social justice are so central to the green economic growth story, and it's, it's an important reminder, your particular piece. One of the things that's been very consistent in this year's publication is this recognition that we are moving from a world of what was previously in the investment industry, just balancing risk and return. And now it's much more of a three-legged pot, risk, return, and impact. And so <clears throat> I'm keen to pick your brains and get a few thoughts from you around how do we go about managing this balancing act of risk, return, and impact? Yes, indeed. There's nothing like seeing a headline as South Africa experienced this year of, you know, quarter-on-quarter GDP basically halving to apply the mind that we've got to do things differently and that it affects all of our back pockets at the end of the day. We need to elevate impact to the same authority, understanding, decision-making ability as risk-return has in our overall decisions pertaining to money, whether you are a government, whether you are a pension fund trustee, whether you're an asset manager, whether you are corporate, or whether you are an individual or consumer, that any financial decision we make about how we use our money no longer can be done through a binary lens of what is it going to cost me and what do I get from it? 
but it only enhances our ability to preserve the long-term wealth as stewards of that capital when we take an impact lens. And what COVID has done in accelerating is to force us to apply our minds today in how do we bring and mainstream faster this alignment of bringing impact into an equal consideration alongside return and risk. And some specific data points to support that maybe, John, so that it's not just me postulating in my head, in my little corner of self-righteousness, is that there's been a few public publications pointing to that that has surveyed asset managers specifically. That shows this cry, and it's not just in the asset management industry, it's also into the broader capital market sphere of central banks. I won't bore you with the stats and the numbers, but you know I do make mention of it in the report, that sovereign and pension funds are struggling to formally measure their non-financial impact. The fact that 63% of them recognize it's something that they need to do and they're wanting to do better is substantial. And similarly, that there's recognition that they are keen, therefore, 65% of them to develop the necessary capabilities. And central banks are also admitting and recognizing in how they are allocating, deploying their capital, that they need to be more thoughtful about how they're incorporating sustainability considerations, even in their mandates. Practically and specifically, how that translates into the asset management industry is how we see the construct of that, I would suggest in how we internalize it in our day-to-day operations because there are things we can do today to ensure that impact and therefore considerations of social injustice of the environment of how we see the long-term well-being of society taken into account and that is in our very decision making at trustee level at board level at investment committee level within asset managers where are we using internal capabilities where are we using external capabilities and where are the decision points lying to be able to be more flexible of incorporating sustainability considerations all along the value chain of the governance. Yeah, I mean, you speak so clearly to this idea of lots of different actors across the ecosystem needing to align on a sort of shared set of beliefs around what is it we're trying to solve. And so it would be good to hear from you what kind of change or what kind of new roles should these various actors be taking on as we think towards fixing long-term social, environmental, and market resilience. To quote Jean Monnet, a post-war political economist, nothing is made possible without man, but nothing is made lasting without institutions. We need to look at the institutional governance agreements that exist to ensure that we are consistently stewarding our capital with a lens of long-term justice and not just responding to the latest justification by the loudest voice on Twitter or in the room or that's at the table. Because let's be honest, there's not always the right person at the table at the right time with the loudest voice. I'm quite encouraged to see the movements at a global level and where you have corporate disclosure levels. So how companies report in the annual reports, both their financial and their non-financial performance The National Integrated Reporting Council has announced they will be working with SASB um, and importantly it's a step to say we need greater clarity 
it's an institutional step forward, recognizing that um, the disaggregation of not having the right voice around the table in a structured way is detrimental to the end cause of long-term justice. The next step of those institutional arrangements is for the sustainability organizations and institutions to have clarity on what is the best framing of how that should happen to get them an appropriate seat around the table with the IFRIS Foundation. You would also have seen that we're now moving into the mainstream accounting fraternity, the International Financial Organization. And I don't want to get into the acronyms, it's not important, but it's the principle of what it represents, is making an open call to say, should we be considering a sustainability board, as well as what they have currently, which is around being an independent public interest voice, that accountability has the appropriate stewardship and governance around it. And that call is gathering more Momentum and the IRC and the SASB process is institutionally looking at engaging institutionally with the accounting fraternity. These are the right moves. Um, similarly, we've seen at a global level a discussion with the likes of the World Economic Forum, engaging and participating in discussions at the G7 level to ensure that the agenda pertaining to how we think about regulation for sustainability long term doesn't only land in institutional discussions around an accounting fraternity or sustainability grouping of professionals. So we can see increasingly that the regulation, the policy is pointing to improved ESG policies, the need for greater measurement of that. That needs to be an institutional arrangement because at the moment, the weight of that lies on individual asset managers, um, individual interactions between an asset manager, pension fund trustees, asset consultants bilaterally. And the challenge with that is none of them hold the lens, the perspective of what a long-term collective vision is. We've kind of left the responsibility of preserving the long-term well-being of society and the planet to individual sustainability professionals and organizations banging on the table. And if we're going to shift the system, we need to ensure that these institutional governance level agreements have firmer uh, seating, decision-making power today and that is in the hands of any institution, any mandate discussion, any trustee to do more deliberately and specifically. And there are significant amount of guidelines, of examples today that allows you to make those decisions so that our tomorrow where we know when we can see where the global institutional arrangements are heading allows you to be ahead of the curve, allows us to ensure that we can give higher confidence that when instances like COVID, like massive social unrest, social equality raises up, we have the capabilities in our boardrooms, in our trustee, in our mandates, in institutional agreements to provide the flexibilities for the right decision-making timelessly to address those overarching concerns and bring the long-term justice. It's interesting to see how this this playing out in South Africa is green economy taxonomy work that's underway through the National Treasury. There's an increasing amount of discussion in and across the asset management industry, but CETA has just released a really nice responsible investment and ownership guideline document that's available for trustees. And so I think this moment does present us with a really important opportunity. Monique, thanks so much for those thoughts. Maybe just one concluding question. What are you personally looking forward to in 2021? 
Yeah, that was probably the hardest question that you posed, John. And uh, I think importantly, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody take a breather, regroup, and reassert what your core purpose is in the space and time. I think everybody's running on empty. Our resources have been depleted when we're feeling battle-weary. We have a choice to step out of the battle completely, or we can rest, regroup, re-strategize for the battle that lies ahead, be wiser in where we exert our time, which battles we pick, and make sure that we have the right support structures working together where we see the ease ground being gained instead of trying to hold our own porch and fighting a fight that exhausts us. And thank you again, John. Really been good to participate in the publication. Wish you well. Thank you for listening to All Mutual Investment Group's series of podcasts, which form part of our tomorrow publication. This year's theme is Building Resilience. In her discussion, Monique emphasizes the importance of bringing the impact of an investment into equal consideration with risk and return, and in doing so, balancing growing wealth today with better outcomes tomorrow. This requires stewarding capital through a lens of long-term justice and not simply responding to the latest justifications made by the loudest voices on public platforms. It also requires that financial institutions be given clearer guidelines to formally measure non-financial impacts, something that will require collaboration across all industry stakeholders. To read our latest Tomorrow publication and to listen to our other podcasts, go to oldmutualinvest.com and join with us as we collectively work towards addressing these long-term issues.